You are listening to the Dream for Others podcast with Naomi Arnold, episode two. Dream for you, dream for me, dream for others. And now your host, award-winning life and business coach, Naomi Arnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I think it's safe to say that I cannot sing like Dawn. By the way, if you enjoyed my real intro, a gifted voiceover artist named Dawn created it for me, as well as the advertisement about my coaching that you all sometimes hear during the podcast. I'll pop a link to Dawn's Fiverr page in the show notes in case you're a podcaster and you'd like to engage her brilliance too. Now, before we launch into this episode, I wanted to begin by saying a big thank you for coming back and listening to the first official episode of the podcast in this new format. I really appreciate you taking time out of your precious day to be here and to give the podcast a chance. Today we will be talking about communication styles. One of my personal goals this year is to more consciously focus on healthy communication in not just professional settings, but in my personal relationships too. Communication is a huge topic though. What is it? What is it not? How can one communicate more effectively? What role does socialization, childhood parenting, styles, trauma, culture, personality, emotional intelligence, and a whole range of other factors? What what role do they play here? Which communication theories can be useful and in which contexts which might be harmful if we don't explore them critically? We obviously cannot comprehensively cover everything in one episode. However, since I recently launched a free communication styles quiz, I thought we could focus on the four communication styles referenced in that specific quiz today. It is important to note up front, though, that even when it comes to communication styles, there are a number of theories that we could examine and learn from and apply to our personal contexts. So this quiz and this podcast episode will focus on just one of the many communication style theories. The four communication styles that we are going to focus on today are called one, passive, two, passive aggressive, three, aggressive, and four, assertive. We are going to try to identify which of these four communication styles might be your dominant or primary or habitual style, which other ones you might also occasionally use or fall back on, and what you might like to try to do to communicate in a more effective or healthy way once you are aware of this. Before we get started, if you haven't done so already, and if it's safe for you to do so now, you might like to press pause and head to naomiarnold.com slash communication dash styles dash quiz, or you can go to the free resources page on my website to find it there, and you will find the quiz and be able to complete it to identify your primary communication style. 
This way, you'll be able to keep your personal context in mind as you're listening to the remainder of this episode. And if you subscribe at the end of the quiz, you'll also get the communication styles cheat sheet, which will basically have a summary of the four communication styles, some tips for each of them. And essentially, it will be some short notes of this episode delivered to your inbox for easy future reference. But if you are not able to, or if it's not safe to do the quiz now, that's fine. You'll likely be able to identify which communication style is your dominant approach simply by listening to me talk through the different types and share some examples now. I think it's also important to acknowledge up front that most of us use all four of the communication styles at different points in our lives and in different relationships. Just because we identify with one of the styles does not mean we communicate that way in every instance. It simply means this is our dominant or primary communication style, the one that we might habitually return to or use generally. Let's use me as an example. My primary or dominant communication style is assertive, which we'll talk about more shortly. However, depending on the context or often the person that I'm communicating with, I've also been known to communicate passively or passive aggressively. I can also think of examples in my life, especially as a young adult, where I have communicated aggressively as well. I will talk you through some of these personal examples as we we talk about the different styles. I would also like to argue up front that depending on the context, assertive communication, despite being labelled the healthiest and most effective communication style, may not always be the wisest option in every instance either. So although it is useful to know our dominant communication style, it is also important to note that like many things in life, these things often have multiple layers and complexities and can be highly contextual. I guess this is a long way of saying that no matter what the quiz or this podcast episode might reveal is your primary or dominant or habitual communication style, in reality, you will sometimes move and transition between different styles in healthy and helpful and sometimes in unhealthy and unhelpful ways. This means that there will always be areas that you can focus on and that I can focus on when it comes to enhancing the way we communicate. None of us are perfect here. Now, let's dive in by beginning with the passive communication style. Passive communicators generally have a more submissive approach to communication. They often avoid conflict and lean toward not communicating. They might be people pleasers. They might have trouble saying no. They might avoid expressing their rights and their opinions and their feelings. If your primary communication style is passive, you might realize that you often put the rights, needs, and desires of others ahead of your own, and then sometimes you might suffer in silence a lot as well. Although my primary communication style is assertive, I believe, as a young person especially, I was historically a passive communicator. 
I often wouldn't speak up and share my views unless I was directly asked. And even then, I would often try to deflect or be incredibly diplomatic. When I was stressed or needed help, I wouldn't directly ask for it. I would secretly hope that loved ones, for example, would notice and offer to help me or would show initiative rather than me having to reach out and directly ask them for what I needed. I think as a extremely shy introvert, that passive communication felt like a way for me to hide, to feel safe. I've consciously worked on this a lot these past years and have finally learned the hard way, I think, how I can be gentle and shy and introverted and still communicate assertively. I can be gentle and shy and introverted and still ask for help, be direct and express how I feel and what I need. There are times where I think I still do passively communicate in group contexts unless I feel morally obliged. I often don't share my point of view, even if I think it could be useful, unless I've been directly asked or have an easy window to do so. There are still moments where I look back and think, hmm, I let that slide when I probably should have said something, or maybe I could have been more direct there and, and actually directly told them what I wanted or needed. And then there are times where I am perfectly happy being passive because that honestly and genuinely feels like the safest and healthiest option in that specific context. I wonder if you can resonate with any of this. Overall, if your primary or dominant communication style is passive, this isn't always the healthiest or the most sustainable option. And that's why I've been making a conscious effort myself over the past years to work on this. I can't expect people to read my mind. And that seemed to be what I was secretly hoping for. If you mostly communicate passively in everyday life, you will often feel like your feelings and needs are not being heard or met. You might sometimes feel a pressure building within you as frustrations accumulate, eventually releasing these through an outburst or a gush of emotions and words. And then sometimes you might experience some shame or guilt afterwards for handling it in the way that you did. Plus, you might find that some folk learn they can take advantage of you because you don't say anything when they do. And in fact, sometimes you probably tell them it's okay and you probably say sorry when they're the one that actually hurt you. So if your primary communication style is passive, you might like to practice being more assertive, speaking up more, being more direct, sharing your feelings and concerns and needs and desires you might also like to practice saying no, or if you have trouble saying no in the moment, you might want to think of ways where you can buy yourself some time to possibly say no later. This is something that I used to really struggle with. I'd immediately feel overwhelmed in the moment and say yes, only later to wish that I'd said no. 
So I started to practice saying something like, I'll get back to you or I've got a bit on, so just let me check my calendar later when I get home and I'll get back to you or something else that would help buy me some time to sit with the tension or the panic I was feeling and feel into whether I wanted to say yes or no or something in between like yes, but just for a little bit. I know some of this can be easier said than done though, so some passive communicators might find it helpful to reflect or journal on examples, specific examples in their life or their work where they know they have communicated passively and where they might wish that they'd been more assertive because then you can use these as case studies or examples to imagine how you might have handled that situation differently or how you might handle it if the exact same situation were to reoccur in the future. I know some people like myself when I was working through some of this find it useful to think of little scripts or lines that they could possibly adjust or adapt depending on the circumstance so they can feel a little bit more prepared next time too. Another strategy that can also be useful is to consider ways that you can calm yourself when you're feeling anxious or concerned or panicking about speaking up and honestly sharing your feelings. What can you do in that moment to breathe? to ground yourself and to feel as much in your power as you possibly can when you make the decision to speak up in that moment. It might also be helpful to think about how you can take care of yourself before, during and after an instance where you might need to be assertive as you can feel more prepared and supported and and confident when the instances occur if you've had a little bit of a ponder on this ahead of time. And finally, don't be afraid to share with some of those that you really trust that this is an area you're working on and let them know, practice being assertive in letting them know how they can support you in this area. I know that having friends who would gently nudge me and ask me, are you sure? Or say, I don't mind if you really want to say no here. That really helped me in practicing being more assertive. Now let's talk about the passive aggressive communication style. Passive-aggressive communicators often use sarcasm or jabs or subtle comments, hints, backhanded jokes, their wit, and indirect ways of communicating. They struggle to assertively express their true feelings or directly address challenging conversations, often responding indirectly from a place of frustration or hurt or anger. They might also use body language or facial expressions that don't align with their words. For example, they might say yes, but with tone while angrily shaking their head. When others then directly respond to their comments or express confusion about their response, a passive-aggressive communicator might then say that they were just joking or accuse the person of being too sensitive or dismiss or deny that there was a problem in the first place. Again, although my primary communication style is assertive, I can definitely 
definitely think of instances in my life where I have been and continue to be passive aggressive. In fact, there is one person who I think hears my so-called witty, sarcastic comments more so than anyone else in my life. My husband. He is also... I think, known to be passive-aggressive at times, so I often catch myself doing the same in return. He makes like a smart-aleck remark and then I make one back, but I know that I instigate them myself sometimes too. For example, he takes a natural supplement, I think it's called Genko, to help with his memory as he can sometimes be like really forgetful and easily distracted. So if there is a day where he does something that frustrates me or I've had to repeatedly tell him something multiple times and I'm at my wit's end, I will say something like, you obviously forgot to take your Genko today. So um, that's not very nice or productive, or funny, really. So this is something that I'm working on since I know that this is a context where this communication style has been known to rear its head in my life and not always in a fun banter way, but sometimes in conflict situations and in unhelpful ways. Unfortunately, passive-aggressive communication is rarely productive and it can be damaging in personal and professional relationships. People will often be confused or unsure about what you're implying. They might feel afraid to ask you to clarify what you mean or to talk openly about an issue. They might feel hurt or frustrated by your approach and they might focus on that snarky comment you made and the way you communicated rather than on the actual issue at hand that you feel needs to be resolved. It's often really not helpful and you too will likely continue to feel unheard and disrespected and dissatisfied as a result. If you frequently communicate in a passive-aggressive way, you might like to focus on becoming more aware of when you do so. Is it your automatic response in pretty much all contexts? Or like me, are there specific people or feelings or environments or scenarios that tend to predictably trigger that response? Once you become more aware, you will be more likely to be able to catch yourself, think before you speak, and practice communicating in a different way. Like those who primarily communicate passively, you might also like to reflect on any patterns when it comes to common triggers, people, issues that bring out your passive-aggressive side, and then you can ponder on how you could have responded differently in those scenarios, what you might be able to do to calm yourself or to buy yourself some time to respond more assertively, how you can show up in a way that is direct direct, clear and respectful, how you can be more in integrity with the way that you speak to others. What can you do if you catch yourself having been passive aggressive to apologize or to move forward in perhaps a more healthy and productive way? I know that I've had to say, I'm sorry, that wasn't helpful or funny, was it? 
What I should have said was, I'm feeling frustrated because of X, Y, Z, and can we try X, Y, Z? And again, is there anyone who you trust, who you can share that this is an area you're working on and would like some support in doing so? Let's move on to the aggressive communication style. Aggressive communicators are often overly direct, uh, they're insensitive to the needs and feelings of others and can get fixated on winning or being in control of a conversation. They strongly express their feelings, opinions, rights and needs, but often in a way that disregards or violates the rights, dignity or needs of others. They sometimes like to boast that they're a no BS person and that they like to tell things as they are and they don't care what others think. If you tend to communicate aggressively, you might notice that sometimes it works for the short term. People don't need to question what you want as it's always very clear. However, over the long term, it might rarely work out. In work context, you might experience high staff turnover, you might lose customers or clients, and you might have employees who do not feel safe approaching you to discuss issues or errors that need to be discussed. In your personal relationships, you might lose friendships, you might harm loved ones, you might experience a lot of conflict, and you might feel deeply dissatisfied and sometimes lonely. I remember being pretty hot-headed in my early adulthood, especially when I witnessed others being harmed. If I thought someone said something or did something that hurt a loved one of mine back then, you'd better watch out. This quiet, shy introvert could suddenly be aggressive and in your face. I learned that This wasn't who I wanted to be and it was really effective either for them, for me or for my loved ones. So I thankfully no longer communicate that way or try not to anyway. If you are someone who primarily responds aggressively though, you might want to practice being more assertive. This doesn't mean you're being dishonest. It doesn't mean you have to change values of yours like loyalty or being direct. Uh, For me, for example, loyalty is still a core value of mine, but so is respect and compassion and integrity. You can be honest and direct and communicate in a respectful, healthy and compassionate way. Again, like the other communication styles, the first step is to become more aware of when you communicate this way. Is it pretty much all the time? Is that your kind of automatic reaction or does it tend to be in specific contexts like how it was for me if I witnessed harm to a loved one or an injustice of some sort? Is it with specific people? Is it about specific topics? Is it when you're feeling a specific way? The more aware you become, the more likely you'll be able to begin practicing responding in a different way. And if there are patterns here, you might like to take a moment to explore them. How could you handle these scenarios differently if they reoccur in the future? How could you still be direct and honest, but respectful and sensitive to the rights and needs of others? 
How can you calm or center yourself in these moments so you can more consciously respond? How can you buy yourself some time if needed? What support can you get as you're practicing these things? And what can you do in instances where you don't catch yourself quite in time and you do respond aggressively? What can you do to take responsibility there? How can you show up in integrity in those cases with those people? People who primarily respond aggressively also tend to interrupt and speak over the top of others. So you might like to be mindful of this and focus on not interrupting or speaking over others so much. And you might also like to practice non-defensive and active listening. This is something we can totally explore in another episode if you like, but it's essentially focusing on listening really hard, listening to understand as opposed to listening to respond. In the meantime, you can find an odd blog on my website if you like that's all around non-defensive listening, which I'll pop the link for into the show notes in case that's of use to you. The final communication style is assertive communication. Assertive communicators are able to balance confidently expressing their opinions and feelings with care, interest and empathy for others. They are able to show up from a place of integrity, advocating for their rights and needs without disrespecting or violating the rights, dignity or needs of others. They tend to have good communication skills and are generally able to respond to stress, conflict and challenging conversations in a healthy or productive way. They embody a sense of openness and honesty and respect for self and others and genuineness. And this enables good interpersonal interaction, a place for mutual understanding and enhances the likelihood of long-lasting and rewarding relationships. Assertive communication is generally considered the most effective communication style. You're more likely to actually get what you want because unlike passive communicators, you have actually articulated what you want. And unlike aggressive communicators, you've done so in a way that considers others and does not hurt or insult or involve bullying them. If your primary communication style is assertive, that's great news. It's how many of us aspire to communicate. As I mentioned at the beginning, though, arguably nobody communicates assertively 100% of the time. We might frequently fall back on a secondary communication style in some contexts. For example, perhaps we generally communicate assertively at work, but then communicate passive aggressively at home. Or maybe we generally communicate assertively overall, but find we become aggressive when we're stressed or tired or have experienced a particular trigger. As I've mentioned, I'm someone who is primarily assertive, but I've given examples of where I use or have used the other three communication styles at times in my life too. I don't communicate assertively 100% of the time, and there are many areas that I can work on improving my communication. I'm far from a perfect communicator. If you feel you also primarily use an assertive style, you might like to reflect like me and become more aware of when, where, and with whom you do and do not tend to use an assertive style. This way you can work on enhancing your communication in those contexts too. 
Having said this, I think that sometimes assertive communication isn't wise. I'll share an example with you. I remember a time in Melbourne when I was with friends heading home from having dinner out with them. We had just got off the train and were about to head to the car to drive the rest of the way home. When we got off the train, a young man approached us with a baseball bat yelling at us and threatening to harm us. A friend of his was trying to pull him away and my husband and friends were trying to quickly get to the car safely, but me, I was moving more slowly, communicating directly with the young man and trying to understand why he was so angry with us and trying to hurt us. Uh, In this instance, me communicating assertively probably wasn't the wisest thing to do. Like my friends, I should have perhaps been more passive and focused on getting as quickly and as safely out of harm's way as possible. I think some could put a pretty strong argument forward to say that there's a time and place for different styles of communication and sometimes it's easier said than done when it comes to effectively using these styles and using them in the right contexts. I know it's something that I've worked hard on and will need to continue to work hard on. I hope this episode has been useful to you and that it helps you feel more in your power and in integrity as you communicate with people in your life. If you have found it useful, I would really appreciate if you'd please share it or the communication style quiz with your networks. The more people who are trying to communicate in a healthier way, the better, I say. Communication skills don't always come naturally and they often need time and practice and patience to develop and to unlearn what we've been taught and to relearn how we want to communicate. To get the ball rolling though, if you have a moment, I would love if you would identify one thing that you are going to focus on this week when it comes to practicing healthy communication. Just one thing that you can do or that you can be mindful of this week. And then if you're willing to share that one thing with me, you can do so via the comments on the show notes page of my website or on social media by tagging me at Naomi L. Arnold or hashtag dream for others. I'd love to see what you're focusing on and perhaps even check in with you later in the week to see how you went with it. Plus, who knows, you might inspire some of those reading your responses to take similar action too. And a world full of people trying to communicate better is a better world, in my opinion. It could be a simple but brilliant way for us to dream for ourselves and to dream for others too. Now, this ended up being a much longer episode than what I expected, so I'm going to stop here for today. I look forward to tackling another topic you were interested in learning more about next week. I hope you have the most lovely day. Are you finding this content useful? Imagine having Naomi in your corner all year for monthly one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited email support, and business resources. Visit NaomiArnold.com forward slash coaching for details.